Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, we are live, everybody. There's your music. There's your bells and whistles. UFC Vegas 38 has come to an end. And the best friends are back to talk all about it with all of you. We might just turn this into a people's post-fight show, too, because there's oh, yeah. a lot of different things to discuss. Like, what? there's really no format here. We should just, like, go to the peeps. We'll read out the questions just for the listeners of the podcast as it can, can hear it and understand what the hell is going on here. But I am Mike Heck, along with my best friend, Alex Kaylee. And, AK, how, how would you describe the feeling after watching... Five hours and 45 <laughs> minutes of that card and the way it ended. And I felt like it was, uh, it started off good. It started off really good. It was like going to a Red Sox doubleheader and they win the first game. And then the second game, they just, they lose by like five runs. That's kind of like what this card felt like to me. Uh, well, my friend, I will say, yeah, it, it started off fine. It looked like it was kind of living up to everything we were saying, you know, that we often say ahead of cards like this, like, you know, you may not recognize a lot of the names, but the action should be good. And some of these people are future, uh, you know, could be future contenders. We saw that with like, like Catahosa, uh, Casey O'Neill, uh, Douglas Silva, DeAndra, good, good to see him back at 135. So it, it was not only exciting fights, it kind of looked like, Again, people who could be contenders or or UFC mainstays. Jerry Malarkey also did well. So um, it was living up to it. And the main card, I mean, I think we all feel a little empty. I think we all feel a little, a little empty. Um, boy, I'm trying to think outside of that first finish with Hernandez and Breeden. Uh, I mean, those last four fights were pretty unsatisfying. Price Oliveira wasn't a bad fight at all, just kind of relative to what we were expecting. Holland Dacus was complete chaos. Uh, certainly something that will be fun to talk about, I think, for a while. And on today tonight's show, but uh, not a satisfying ending at all. And then, of course, uh, the main event under delivered to to put it nicely. Yeah, but you nailed it. So Tiago Santos by decision. <laughs> I I predicted Santos by decision, but if anyone reads my actual prediction on MMAfighting.com, I said this is going to be exciting. This is going to be a back and forth affair on the on the uh, preview show. Uh, I think on the Q and A or on the preview show, maybe both. I said this should. I think this will be the fight of the night if there is one. I said this will be the fight of the night over oh. Oliveira and Price. 
So uh, kudos to me, yes, for predicting that it would go to decision. I did see that, but I thought it would be a lot more entertaining. All right, let's just get right into this thing. Uh, we'll go to the peeps. Once the bonuses come in, we'll let you know what those are. Um, oh, we almost forgot. MMA. MMA. I'm sorry. I see Nick in the Nick in the comments. I see you trying to start an MMA chant. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, should, we should have started with that. Okay. Uh, Scotty Alexander Hernandez. Wow. Yeah, that was... Uh, you go in there, you're expected to win. You're the biggest favorite on the card. But that is what the biggest favorite on the card is supposed to do. Just go out there and yeah. just violently annihilate. And that's, that's what he did. Mike Breeden is not a very easy guy to violently annihilate like that. But as soon as he sort of smelled blood, he went after it. And when he knocked the mouthpiece out, that's when... The, the levels got turned up even more so. So great performance from Alexander Hernandez. He's back in the win column. Uh, Should we did, guess the uh, guess the bonuses quickly before? I guess they're going to be coming up at soon. Uh, I think we're going to have four performance bonuses. Yes, def, I can't imagine. With respect to one who went to decision, so I can't imagine fight of the night. If there's a fight of the night, I think it's Gordon Selecki. Yes. Um, but even then, it's I don't, they yeah, have enough exciting finishes. I would think I'd rather see the the people who yeah, got finishes I, get bonused up. I think Hernandez, Casey yes. O'Neill, Jamie Malarkey, and probably uh, probably Silva Dan, probably Deandraj. I think uh, Casey O'Neill doesn't get one, and I think. <gasps> No, I think we'll go Hernandez, Malarkey, Dion, Silva, Deandrage, and uh, Alejandro Perez, Perez for the uh, the scarf hold. I thought the scarf hold was pretty sweet. So that was pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm going with that. Um, but yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, uh, Silva Deandrage's punch that took uh, Gaetano Perello right off his feet. Um, Alexander Hernandez, of course, big knockout. And then uh, yeah, the other the other two are not. Oh, Jay Malarkey, great comeback. So it's, it really just kind of won this up in the air. But yeah, there shouldn't be a. Shouldn't yeah, be a fight, I, a fight. I wonder if. Her- I wonder if Hernandez doesn't just they just don't give one to Hernandez. Oh, you know who else? Oh, sorry, no. My other uh, fight of the night performance tonight will go to a uh, Kyle Dawkins for that amazing uh first round submission. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. It was overturned. That's uh I don't know. You know, I don't know if we want to get into that right away, Mike, or I mean, we might as well. Let's I feel just... like we should, right? I don't know what there's to say about the main event right now. Yeah, let's let's, let's just pull up Let's pull up the question here. Sure. Uh, oh, okay. If someone's asking, yeah, let's let's I'm, I'm sure somebody's asking about sure. it. Sure. Uh, do you remember uh, if you tweeted, a lot of talk about the main event right now? Do you remember if you tweeted anything right after, uh, or uh, like did you tweet a take about the um, the yeah, Holland I said about, decision? Yeah, we'll just get right into it. We'll okay. ask questions later. What's your what yeah. was your take? What was your uh, t- uh first tweet take? 100% the right call. Okay, I know you do not agree with that, but the reason here's here's I've seen many media takes, some I, I have no issue with. Some I completely disagree with comparing it to other weird endings to fights. Like here's the difference though. Darren Mergliata, although he allowed the fight to continue. Okay. And this is what a lot of these media takes are keep continue to continuously forget. Despite allowing the fight to continue because Kevin Holland somehow had some energy to, to, to defend and move and do all that stuff. Big Dan called for the replay. Right there and then. He goes, put it on the board. We're looking at this no matter what happens. So he was confused. He's like, I saw Kevin Holland's eyes roll in the back of his head. But all of a sudden, he's moving around and trying to defend and do all this crazy stuff. But he had the wherewithal to say, we're looking at this no matter what happens. And that's it. So the fight ends. They go and look at it. That's his decision. 
It's up to him to make the choice. He chose no contest. I have no problem with it because he called for the replay. Now, had he not done that, and then he's just like, you know what? I think they collided heads. It's a no contest. Then I have an issue with it. But he called right away. He knew he was going to have to look at it. He was a little caught up in the moment. Went back, looked at it, saw the collision of heads. The collision of heads is the reason the finish happened in the first place. No contest. No problem with it. Yeah, I, I look, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, I, I think they made a – it's hard to say what is the right call in the situation. I, I'm not against it. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not complaining about it. I think it's fine. I think it would have been very I, – I also tweeted, even though I said I kind of thought uh, Dawkins' win should have stood, I also tweeted like, man, that's a rough break for Kevin Holland because he was clearly not – he was knocked unconscious by like this freak – he was like KO'd. Yeah, he like was his, I, I do not know how he came back. Uh, his eyes rolled back. His body went limp. And fell like he fell in the KO position on the mat. I guess the mat might might have woken. Uh, you know, sometimes fighters hit the mat and it brings them back, and just his instincts. But there was no way he was defending intelligently for the rest of the 35, 45 seconds that that the fight went on. So that was just crazy. Um, so I, I don't blame them for there being a little bit of chaos. And also, this is kind of unprecedented. Like you were saying, some people were trying to compare it to other incidents in the past. And um, while I did, I do agree with some of those. There's nothing that's like directly analogous to what we saw it was very 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 confusing um so my argument for though for it standing is the fact that mergliata did recognize that there, the need for a replay in the moment why not just pause it then i know i know he said i saw he he was he spoke after he said i saw kevin respond right away uh so i i kind of i guess he called for the replay but not a pause in the action because he's like well let it let it play out you know kevin holland seems to be okay so so my but again so my issue there is though is and again, I know it's difficult, but I think in that moment, he has to make that decision to pause right away. I think if you call for a replay, and again, this shouldn't be open to interpretation, so this isn't his fault. This should be in the rules. If you call for the replay, you pause the action just like you would for an eye poke, groin strike, what, you know, whatever other infractions we have. That's clearly uh, not uh, made clear to the referees, so he's put in a very tough position. Um, but if he calls for the replay, as a commentary, they said he did right away. He was like, yes, we're going to look at that. Pause the action. Let's look at it, regardless of whether Holland recovers or not. Because again, Kyle Dawkins was robbed of a win here. Um, he 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 did what he was supposed to do. He went through with the fight as it was not paused, and he won. And now, if we can go back, I get it. It's great. We should go back and use his replay as much as we can to make sure we get these right. But it's not like that. My issue is he didn't miss the headbutt. He 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 saw enough of something to want to call for a replay. It's not like he missed it. It's not like he was like, well, I didn't know what happened exactly, so we have to go back. It, it provided clarity to the situation. Yes. But clearly, he thought something was wrong, and should have called for a pause right there. Again, maybe he thought he wouldn't be able to restart the fight. It's a snap, snap thing. So I'm not coming down to Arden Mergliata. I'm not 100 disagreeing with um, everyone who says it was like no contest was the right call. But I, I really feel for Kyle Dawkins a little bit, and thought uh, if it had stood, I wouldn't have had a problem with that either. Probably more people would be mad. I think more people would be mad if it had stood, if the decision had stood that it was a submission win. But uh, I'm, I, I wouldn't have been against it. People around the world, they want MMA, and it, me as well, to be taken as seriously as some of the other sports. And sometimes these things happen. Like in the NFL, there's, if there's like a, if there's something that needs to be replayed, if they call it a touchdown on the field, but then they replay it and they're like, eh, if they, if it's challenged or whatever, they can, they can overturn it. They can overturn any score within two or any sort of thing within two minutes. If they want to look at it, they can. Um, and they can overturn it no matter what the call is. Um, sometimes when you're in a position, like if a def 
defensive player goes off sides and the offense has like a free play, the defense, their job is just like, well, we're not just going to give them a touchdown. We're going to try to like defend the touchdown, make sure it doesn't happen. And you're just kind of in the same position you are right now. Yeah. Snap, snap call. It is what it is. But the fact that big Dan said replay, we're looking at this. That's why I don't have an issue with it. I saw one of Aaron Bronsetter, great guy, always has pretty good takes. He compared this to Ed Herman, Mike Rodriguez. But, but I see, I like that take. Why? Did was there a replay but, called? There should have been, there, but there wasn't. I know. That's the difference. But I know there wasn't. Yes, that's the difference. But there was. I mean, there was. They did ask for like a formal review. Like they did ask the commission for like a formal review. Like they, you know, what I mean, yeah. like they they wanted the there thing, to. Though. It's not the same thing, but it's like there should have been a replay. There could have been a replay in the situation. I didn't mind. I didn't mind Bro Setter's take on that one. But yeah, it's just not the same. It's not that's, the same. That's but, the big yeah. difference. Dan called for the replay. That's what came out of it. Yeah. But that's there's definitely an issue with. But that. there's definitely a lack of consistency. It feels like there's a lack of though, oh, though again, this was kind of unprecedented though. That's why, like again, I, I don't want to come down to Mergliata or or, uh, or Herb Dean, who was also there, kind of advising him, and everyone else was there. I've never seen this situation exactly like this happen before. Um, so who knows? They may have just set a precedent tonight. They may have this may lead to <laughs> a very quick, sudden amendment that they need to make to the rules come like Monday morning. That might happen because I I just don't know a, a specific situation like this that, that's happened before. Uh, so yeah, that was a very interesting part of them. That was the most interesting thing that happened. <laughs> it was, was, right? the most interesting yeah. thing. It was the most yeah. unfortunate thing, but it was the most interesting thing that happened on the card. And, and you know what sucks is, is, uh, we really thought this fight would kind of answer a lot of questions for Kevin Holland. We were like, oh, we'll get to see if he's, um, what happens when he takes a step back from fighting top 15 guys, what happens when he has a full camp and he's not like doing these quick turnarounds and has time to work on his wrestling defense. He's got Johnny Hendricks in his corner and we didn't get to answers to any of that. He stopped one takedown and it was, and it was, and was really crowing to Daniel Cormier about it. And that's it. We only got to, so, I mean, it looked okay, his takedown defense, but we didn't get to see a full fight. We didn't get to see how, you know, how, how he can generate offense with his, with his new skill set. We didn't get to see it. So Hopefully they run it back and, you know, we'll just we'll just uh, replay our preview uh, comments in the future uh, if this one happens again. But, uh, yeah, it sucks for both. Guys. And same for Kyle Dacus. You know, can he beat a higher ranked guy? And it looks like he can, but technically we'll never know because that headbutt changed everything. It did. Uh, let's talk about Joseph Boza. And his question is, is Casey O'Neill a monster at women's flyweight? I was impressed with her today. She looks like a badass. Um, yeah, I mean. For those, if that's the first time you saw Casey O'Neill fight, that's typically how it goes. First round's kind of competitive. She steals momentum towards the stretch of, of the end of the first round. And then that pace just picks up and gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And you just don't have any answer for it because you think she's going to slow down and she just gets better. And Antonia Shevchenko learned that the hard way. And she took a beating in that second round. And I mean, you saw her face afterwards. The thing was battered. And Casey O'Neill gets a big win. She passes another test, and I'm I'm super impressed by her, man. And she's about to turn what 24? She's 23 right now. I think she's about to turn 24 like next week. Mm -hmm. She's got a super high ceiling right now, man. Yeah, look, I mean, I mean, uh, talk about uh, someone who needs to work on their takedown defense. I mean, not not to shift the focus off of Casey O'Neill, but this is kind of how we've seen Antonia Shevchenko lose some of her recent fights. Case O'Neill, a grappling specialist, as you said, someone with a super high motor. Once she gets, she's like a downhill runner. To, we're talking, we'll bring up a, a football analogy again. She's got like a, a downhill runner. Once she gets going, it's boy, it's like an avalanche. It's 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 real tough to stop. And uh, I thought she fought this fight so well. 
Um, the first round was 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 a little more even, but she's dealing with someone with a lot more who's older, with a lot more combat exper- uh, sports experience than she has. There's a lot of traps that Casey O'Neill could have fallen into tonight um, and lost this fight. Even even though on paper, uh, I think she you know she was the f- a favorite and you know should win this fight. When you're only like you said, 23, uh, ju- you know, just about to turn 24, and only have this is her eighth pro fight. A lot can go wrong for you. And she showed really good poise, not getting frustrated, not trying to force anything. But when she had that opening and when she was able to get her game going, not letting her foot off the gas and just going and going and, uh, and getting the finish. It was it was a really great performance. And um, again, someone I hope is not rushed to a title shot, but someone who I would love to see fight Valentina Shevchenko someday. But like, I'm talking two or three, like three fights away minimum. I'm telling you, man, there's I know a lot of people are looking at women's 125 right now and they're like, Valentina is just cruising through everybody. But the, there's another generation of 25ers that are coming up right now. You got Santos, you got O'Neal, you got Aaron Blanchfield, you got Miranda Maverick. You got some very interesting. Menon, Menon Fioro, Menon Fioro. Yep. And she's the, the senior of the bunch, mm-hmm. but still has a lot left in the tank. There's there's some good challenges. Not now. I don't want to see anyone. I mean, I think Santos might be the closest one to a title. Yeah, shot definitely, them. definitely. If the timing can line up just right, though, man, what what a, what another run of title defenses Shevchenko could have? But it, but like she's just like the timing is just a little bit off. Like these fighters we just mentioned are their experience level is not quite where they're like again two fights away. They all feel like they're like three fights away, four fights away. Um, but we'll see. Someone's I bet someone's going to end up getting thrown to the wolves. Uh, next year, if if uh, Valentino wants to stay busy, we'll see. I think one of these people might get thrown in um, a little bit earlier than expected. See, the, there is kind of a good thing at twenty five right now too, because we can, if we think someone is kind of separating themselves from the pack, you got tests. You got like, you could throw them in there with Chikagi. You throw them in there with Andrade, mm-hmm. and if if they pass that test, there you go. Now you could put them into a title fight. Still not saying it's the best idea in the world to just throw them in there with Shevchenko. But if you beat Chukagan, you beat Andrade, you're in. And you probably deserve that shot. So, uh, Joseph, we did discuss that. Again, I think Mike Rodriguez, that was one of the biggest hose jobs ever. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, referee didn't call for replay. The referee sucked in that fight. And <laughs> should have. It, yeah. is what it, yeah. it is what it is. That's and why. And Mike's out of the there. UFC. Now Mike's out of, who knows how much would be different. It's, I'm not saying he'd be the world champion right now, but who knows? He could have had two, three, two or three more fights if that had gone his way. So I would agree. That's, uh, that's a life-changing call. David Sandai, was it a, was it good for Walker experience wise? Let, let me lump this one in a suit. Do you see this one that just popped up? Uh, someone wants to know about John Kavanaugh's corner advice from Amon Shields. Yeah, uh, I think that's. John I think you have to sort of <laughs> let's talk about those two, right? Let's talk about the anti Walker's experience. Uh, yes, he was training with SPG Ireland this time. Um, clearly, there was some sort of philosophical change. I think a lot of people watching were disappointed. He wasn't a little more creative. We saw some of the personality. We saw a lot of the personality. He dances way in, kind of the way he feigns, kind of faking getting hurt, stuff like that. So there was glimpses of that Johnny Walker that we kind of have come to know and love. But he did seem a little more reserved. Now, again, I don't want to blame SVG Ireland completely. I don't want to blame John Kavanaugh completely. Because when you're fighting someone as skilled as Tiago Santos, I mean, a lot of guys kind of get froze. John Jones. I mean, the John Jones-Tiago Santos fight. Watch that fight again. It wasn't just a close fight. That was kind of a dull fight, too. Like, John Jones could not figure out um, how to how to get offense going against Tiago Santos. No, I think John Jones won that fight. But a lot of people, it was a split call. 
uh, it was a very close fight. It could have gone either way. And John Jones was probably, as I'd say, that's probably one of his worst title fights that John Jones ever had. So it might just be Tiago Santos. Where I will criticize John Kavanaugh, though, is uh, they were saying he said that uh, Johnny Walker was up going to the fifth round. Did you catch yeah. that, Mike? That yes. was that that was like literally so so I did the live blog for that. Yes. So one of the things is like, all right, you score the the round previous, but then like write a sentence heading into the fifth. And my sentence was John Kavanaugh just told Tiago Sant uh, just told Johnny Walker he was winning the fight. Not really sure how how great that idea is. <laughs> Something to that effect. But like if he had just said, like, dude, we're tied up, you gotta go out there and like exclamation point this thing maybe johnny comes out differently who knows but santos landed the biggest shot in the entire fight and that seemed to that that was it the pendulum officially swung and that was that was a wrap yeah there's not a lot of controversy in that regard i think if anyone watches the fight again most of the best shots were landed by santos walker's doing some good work using his range uh with leg kicks you would love to see him like get that jab going he never got a jab going for a guy who has great reach at 205 definitely over someone who's sort of a natural middleweight he should she should have been able to jab him to death uh but we didn't see that and yeah i don't know what uh what his team was thinking telling him he was up even if you if they believed he was up they have to know that that they have to realize they don't know what the judges are thinking in a fight that that's that's that close and you have to go and saying you got to win this one give it your all in the fifth whatever whatever cliches you want to break out give it 110 percent in this round uh johnny but you can't tell him he's up that's just that's just not good Literally every person on planet Earth, even the three judges who are never in agreement, there's always one judge that's got to be like too cool for school and score things differently. Yeah. Everybody scored it the exact same mm-hmm. way. First round for Walker, two and three for Santos, four for Walker, even Steven going into round five. Literally everybody, every single person except for John Capita. But <sighs> it is what it is. Maybe, again, maybe Johnny Walker looks at things differently. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Uh, same with the Bulldogs. So this, is, so this is kind of the more interesting part, and I think this mm-hmm. is what kind of threw people off. Didn't it look like the refs were making up the rules as they went along after the head clash? And... It was pretty funny where they're all like standing together. Even Shelby in his rock 1997 <laughs> shirt walked into the to the mix as well. And but that was the, the but that's the beauty of Big Dan calling for the replay because no one knows what the hell is going on because it's never happened. Like we haven't seen anything really like that before. Where where like you call for it, all this craziness happens. There's a finish, and now you have to go back and sort of figure it all out. But that was why I thought Big Dan calling for the replay was super smart at the time. It was just like, okay, now we can try to like work this thing out. And it took like 18 people. And then finally it was left at like, Dan, ultimately it's up, it's up to you. And then like every even the broadcast, even the broadcast is like, all right, so it seems like this is gonna go down as a win for Kyle Dacus. Here, let's go. Let's hear Bruce Buffer. 
announced the winner, Kyle Dacus, and then it turns into no contest. Even the commentators had no idea what the hell was going on. So definitely made it a little more interesting. But yes, I would say, uh, I don't know if they're making up the rules, but I think they're all like, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> I was amazed that they kind of like got right in there during that uh, that uh, post, you know, stoppage powwow. Um, and and gave us all the audio because both uh, uh, Dan Mergliata's mic'd up. Herb Dean's mic'd up. So it was funny. Brandon Fitzgerald kind of pointed out like Herb Dean was trying to whisper, but he was still mic'd up. And I think he tr- either he realized it or they or they cut off his audio for him. But then it came back. So we heard enough to hear him say to hear him advising Dan Mergliata saying, you know, you can call for a no contest here. Uh, that's that's up to you. And, and I'll be honest again. I, I, I don't know whether he was citing the rules or whether he was trying to, as the question suggested, was he kind of making this up on the fly and telling uh, Big Dan maybe the best way to handle the situation? Yeah, I, I don't know. I uh, uh, it, it's it was cool to get that glimpse. Um, I don't know of how much clarity it provided us, but it was some good. It was some good inside baseball stuff, though. Yes. Uh, where are we at? Where are we at? See, sometimes with this program, like you have a question in line, and then like a whole bunch comes in, and just like, yeah, yeah, skips yeah. It. Skips it to the bottom. All right. So if I, <laughs> if I skipped over yours, I apologize. Uh, I've never seen a stop in action with replay. Has that ever happened? Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't, I don't remember the last time like we've seen anything quite like that. Um, yeah, like a mid-fight pause. That's why it's so, like I was saying, it's so unprecedented. And uh, I don't know. I, 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 I should say maybe, maybe Dan was just following replay procedure. Um, I mean, the referee can stop. I mean, the referee can pause and stop a fight at any time. So obviously, he could have called for the replay and called for pause in the action if he wanted to. Would that have been the right thing to do? I don't know. Again, that's what I wish had happened. I'm sure that's what uh, Dan Mergliata wishes had happened. Now we can't go back in time, so we can't we can't fix that. But um, hopefully, in the future, there'll be more more uh, something they'll go over in that kind of training. Kai Roach. I mean, what about <laughs> this for an idea? Give oh, Dacus sure. a win and give Holland no contest. Sure, isn't that? I, I would just say give give uh, Dacus a check. How about that? <laughs> Give yes. him his money. Maybe don't give him a win. Give him his money. Um, if you're, if we'll see how Dana White uh, and the officials feel about it. But it was again, kind of a win that happened. It just feels strange not to give him his win bonus, right? Crew versus Walker would make even more sense, but now Hill versus Crew would be a banger. Hmm. Uh, totally agree with the no contest call. Really glad they arrived at that conclusion. I do feel better for Kyle. Though. Yeah, I think I, I think we all sympathize with Kyle. I don't think 100%. anyone's saying. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone sympathizes with with Kyle Dawkins. Kevin Holland's wrestling did look improved. I mean, enough to not stop enough. the initial takedown. He showed yeah. the hips. He showed some good hips when he's getting kind of dragged around. That was he got of back up and then yeah. got headbutted or was part of a, a collision of heads. Mm-hmm. Monarchy beat that man down. Bad body. Sh- yeah, that was a great comeback. Devontae Smith is a really talented guy. Um, so good win for him. Review is a good thing for the evolution of the sport. I agree. I agree. Yes. But they do have to, like I said, they do have to really start making pinning these things down. Because even when we've seen replay used correctly in the past, we've had people asking like, how is this like? Is this was this the same as it was used last time? So I don't know. Maybe we just need to see it more. But DC was thrown up by Kevin talking. That was him. awkward. <laughs> that was awkward. Okay, Mike. I don't know. You know me. I've said it before. I'm not a fan of all the uh, in cage chatter. I, I don't know. What did you think of his 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 in cage performance uh, talking wise tonight? Eh, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. He didn't get taken down. You know, so it's not there's like no foul on Herman Rodriguez. I mean, there should yeah. have been. That's what you're saying. Yeah, there was, there, there was no official called. foul. Yeah, yeah that's, what you're no foul. Yeah. that's what the that's what the big difference is. It, it just wasn't called in the moment, um, unfortunately. Yeah, no phony. But again, that would have been a good time to look at replay for phony yeah. baloney. We're, we're still waiting on that. Yeah, uh, We're still waiting. Oh, wait. 
We got him. We got him. All right. We got him. Thank you. Perfect timing, Lewis CC. Four performance bonuses. Casey O'Neill got one. Casey O'Neill did get one. She did get one. Interesting. Alexander Hernandez did not get one. Did not get Oh. Oh, you know who would like that? Uh, EKC Lydon. Yeah. I mean, he's the biggest favorite in the car. That's why I feel <laughs> he might not get it. Uh, Alejandro Perez did get one. Oh, nice. Good. Gotta give, gotta go give some, some submission love, please. Douglas Silva de Andrade got one. Easy pick, yeah. Jamie Malarkey. Also got one and well-deserved. You were trying to swerve me there. And say <laughs> I was Ste- trying to Ryan Seacrest you. <laughs> Stephanie Ager. You're going to say Stephanie Ager got one instead of uh, Malarkey. That was kind of a funny stoppage. Um, yeah, that was a weird stoppage. Yeah, I, I, I again, I, I think Hernandez, like it's not his fault. His opponent got switched. He should have gotten a bonus, but I'm happy Perez got one. Uh, Casey O'Neill was great. So, you know, can't, can't begrudge it. So. For me, it would have been Hernandez instead of O'Neill, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault them there. And uh, if if Casey were here, he would say like, yeah, I mean, Hernandez did what he was expected to do. Like you said, Mike, the biggest favorite on the card. How can we, you know, how can we give someone an extra 50 G's for taking out someone on less than a week's notice who's way lower, you know, making their UFC debut? So it's fine. I would have I would have given him the bonus, but I think UFC did just fine here with their choices. Am I the only one that thinks Kyle would have won that fight eventually anyway? It, I mean, listen, I, I, th- I thought it was going to come down to the very end and it was going to be like a very close split decision anyway. So I picked Holland. I, I thought Holland was going to, but I, I, I pick Holland. I picked Holland against Brunson and Vittori. So take that. Everyone take that with the biggest grain of salt. Blake, a, they've had Casey on the prelims three times in a row. Time to get a main card spot on a fight night. Yeah. It's time to get that division on a main card on a fight night, right? Like we never see them. We never see even if it's like top ten mat like matches between two women in in the top ten. They're on the prelims always. Yeah, and isn't this what fight nights are for? Aren't fight nights for kind of expanding to a different audience, like not the pay per view buying public who might not know who these people are, who might be like, oh, why are flyweights on the you know? Fight nights are are so controlled by the UFC and ESPN and, and ESPN ESPN Plus. They don't care like what they. I shouldn't say they don't care, but you can play around a little bit more with the fight night card. I think. Who does Santos get next? Perfect time mm. to plug on to the next one. Yes. Which you'll hear tomorrow. In. Subscribe on the wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Uh, that program will drop sometime tomorrow morning. Uh, AK and I will bounce back and we'll do some matchmaking uh, for Tiago Santos, all the winners of the main card, and we will have our wild card pick if you have not listened to the program. Uh, Casey O'Neill must be extremely strong compared to a lot of the flyweights and how she has great control, which makes good fighters like. Her pace yeah. is just insane. Pace, control, patience. Those are big things for a grappler. Those are those are what we see in the best grapplers in the George St. Pierre's and the Khabib Nurmagomedov's and the I don't know whoever names you want to throw out there. Patience, control. Uh the next thing I think we'll have to see is how well she can take a hit. And I I I, may, I haven't seen a lot of her pre-UFC stuff, but she's been doing a pretty good job of trucking her competition in the UFC so far. So there's that getting over adversity hump. Like I said, I thought she did some of that in the first round though. But not like she hasn't faced like extreme, extreme adversity in a fight yet. So we'll see how that she overcomes that. But so far, everything's you know passed every test. So does Antony Shevchenko get cut after nah, this fight? Nah, not yet. I don't think she will. Nah. Not in this division. I think this division is about as safe as you can get for a little while because just not a lot of this just not. There's some really good up and coming talent, but there's not a very deep division. And if there's more up, like Aaron, like when Aaron Blanchfield wins like another fight or two, you fight Antony Shevchenko. That's like kind of the, the next step. Oh, I uh, wanted to address someone. Someone DM'd me, uh, Timmy Osho, uh, DM'd me asking, what was up with the Douglas Silva de Andrade's 
uh, sock. Because it was a little, I don't know if you saw that, Mike. He got the big knockout and he had a sock with him. And Dan Cormier kind of tried to ask about it. Dan Cormier was like, uh, what is what is up with the sock? Um, but I think something was lost in translation and they couldn't quite answer properly on air. Of course, you know who's on the beat. Our own Guillermo Cruz. Right away, I DM the man. I say, what's up with the sock? <laughs> a- and he didn't know right away. But within like two minutes, he comes back with an answer. So uh, Douglas Silva, DeAndraj, has a, a little girl coming up soon. So another Brazilian fighter on the card, uh, but to add a, a, another child to the family. So uh, it, the sock was for the was for his up his incoming daughter so that's another reason why he was so emotional i think with, with the win yes my shiny head is beaming into oh, okay. eyes i apologize listen no fresh, stop fresh, don't, apologize. Safe, don't apologize dome today you, you know you've been blessed you've been blessed by the by that all right no i've not been blessed by that but i, I no I you've just, been blessed I, and I, no, I mean you've been blessed and our viewer has been blessed <laughs> yeah i'm sure they are hopefully yeah. you're wearing sunglasses people uh we talked about kavanaugh's quarter advice uh, UFC pay-per-view in October, which isn't even really a pay-per-view. It's an ESPN plus purview. Like, it is in Canada. It is in Canada. Oh, sucks, dude. <laughs> so any of my Canadian homies watching, guess what? Don't get excited over that thing. I was like, oh, two pay-per-views? Of, it's in, on uh, TSN? They're not going to throw it on it's TSN? It's not. This one is not on TSN. This one actually is. a. This is the one time we're really getting screwed. This one is a pay-per-view in Canada. So, uh, yes, for my Canadian homies wondering, how do we watch this supposedly, you know, oh, you only need ESPN. We don't have ESPN Plus in Canada, Mike. Oh, so uh, we are not getting this free on TSN. Canadians, this will cost us. Uh, what, what's, a, what's, a US, what's a pay-per-view cost in the U.S., Mike? Like $69.99 U.S. That's yeah. like $380 Canadian. <laughs> so, guys, I hope you weren't planning on uh, some of your, kid, uh, your kids going to college because if you want to watch this, uh, pay, guess what? We actually have to pay for this pay-per-view, so. So Canada getting Kyle Dockest on Big October time. 30th. Big time. <laughs> Ireland neutered Johnny Walker. Okay. Oh boy. Like That's I said, a- <laughs> I d- we can look, we can make take cracks at SPG Ireland all day and you know their relative uh lack of success they've had beyond of creating superstars beyond Conor McGregor. But let's also give Tiago Santos credit. Very difficult guy to fight. I don't know if there's anyone who's had um kind of like what's the last time he had like a super ex- oh actually you know what the Glover sheriff fight was pretty exciting for uh at first yeah i should say yeah. that was a pretty that was a pretty exciting fight that but, fight was crazy but this fight wasn't great the alexander rockage fight wasn't great oh, john the, the john jones fight i still think again i know people kind of look back on it fondly because it's like oh he beat him that fight's bad i've watched that fight multiple times for various reasons it's that's a bad fight <laughs> it's not a good fight the only worrying thing is Casey's stand-up could be her problem if someone yeah. can stop the TikTok. Of course. She's 23. She's she's still a little green. She's had extreme couture, so that striking's only going to get better. But again, she hasn't really needed to do anything. And I, I saw, I was talking to E. Spencer Kite on Twitter because he was like, Casey needs to slow down a little bit. And I'm like, slow down is not in her vocabulary. She does not slow down. She just gets <laughs> after it. And she just gets after it more and more as the fight progresses. I'm telling you, go back and watch like some of her older fights. She is such a savage. And to see her doing this at this level is pretty wild. Yeah, mo- motor can take you a long way in MMA. Motor can take you a long way. Carol Hosa beat Bechkahea. How shocked were you guys? It was 30-27 times two, but one judge had it 30-26. That was a beatdown. I guess what I guess the question is like, do we think it should have been like all 30-26s across the board? Or were we shocked that there was that there was a 30? Yeah, I'm definitely, not really sure. I, I think the second round. Easily could have been scored a 10-8. Uh, I don't think I did, but uh, it, I, I could see the reasoning behind 10-8. It was such a, it was quite ugly. 
Oh, you can read this one, Mike. Oh, I thought you wanted to read that. Right. Johnny Walker fight looks like a rigged touch butt fight trying to go to the judges <laughs> for that plus 850. Never seen a man smile so much oh. after a pitiful performance and loss. Johnny just can't get going, man. Like, he just faints and, like, I mean, I, he just could not get going. I'm still a believer. I, 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 I Like I said, I think Tiago Santos, Santos is really tough to fight. I think he's really tough. For anyone who's thinking, oh, Walker just going there throwing spinning stuff and capoeira kicks and, and uh, just rushing him, like – that's how you get killed by Tiago Santos. Watch like Tiago Santos's highlight. Like when he does have a highlight reel knockout, it's when people make a mistake, um, and that's something Johnny Walker didn't want to do. Uh, he didn't do enough. To, he clearly didn't do enough to win the fight, so that sucks. But I mean, this is some. This anyone saying he kind of judging that his level of aggressiveness. That's some backseat like fighting right there. I don't think we can say that. Could this card have used Aspen versus Macy? Shot the women's bantamweight championship. Yeah, but I mean, still, we would have been left with. The no contest anyways, and we would have been left with the main event. So even if those two went out there and just beat the brakes off each other and it was like a tremendous fight, like we're still left with what happened in those last two fights. So I still think, I don't think it does much. Might give it a little bit of a boost, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know what else Let's hope there's a quick turnaround for Macy and let's just move on from the Aspen Lad fight. Aspen Lad's got some... Got got some stuff to work on. I know. I know. She said there was, uh, you know, obvious reasons for uh, why this cut was more difficult than than it has been in the past. But this is her third time, her third notable time, really, where we're well aware of how 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 bad the struggle was, and that says that seems like something that's fixable, not something that's just like oh, it just keeps happening and and you know we're just bad luck. No, this seems like something that's fixable or has to be changed. Joseph Lottie, not impressed with Casey O'Neill. Guess there's got a. There's always one. Ak. There's always one. <laughs> there's always. There's always. Are there any? Uh, sorry. Are there any big storylines we are missing out on here? Um. Let, uh, no one's asking. Let's talk about. Can we talk about Beshkohe? Sure. Ak. <laughs> she. This is her last UFC fight, as far as we know. Possibly her last fight ever. I know we're all. In the, I know everyone in the media and all the fans are like. Well, obviously she's going to go do bare knuckle, or she's going to do celebrity boxing. Either way. Pretty, I, I don't see a lot of people uh, thinking that this is her last fight ever. She could fight in MMA again, for all we know, just not in the UFC, right? Like, I get it. It's an, it is a classic MMA retirement. I do, I do think we'll see her again. But this is the end of – I do think this is the end of her run in the UFC. I don't think she's done. And it's – I think uh, our pal Mark Ramondi said it best. Like, I don't know if there's a fighter who maximized their talent as much as she did because she's not the most talented 135er. She's not the most athletic 135er. She's not the strongest one, not the fastest, okay? She's not any of those things. She's not the best striker at 135. But she caught on a good gimmick with uh, taking out, um, you know, Ronda Rousey's teammates early on, Shayna Baszler and Jessamyn Duke, and then parlaying that into a title fight, one one of the biggest uh, title fights in UFC history at the time as far as pay-per-view buys against Ronda Rousey. Now, a lot of that's the Rousey side, but Bechkei was a really good foil, and she stuck around for long after that, because how long ago was that Rousey fight? That Rousey fight was... Um, 2016? 2015? 2015. UFC 190. The longest <laughs> main card in history. 900. Oh my God. <laughs> seven main card fights. Uh, 900,000 pay-per-view buys. So, again, obviously mostly Rousey, the, one of the one of the all-time great a sides in MMA, but for uh, Betch to put herself in that position is pretty amazing. So, and for her to, to to hang around long after, despite not having the most success, she won two fights after that uh, in in the in the past six years. Um, so God bless her for being. I don't know what, what people want to call her an overachiever, hustler. Um, you know, it's 
but in this business, you got you're just trying to stick around as long as you can, doing what you love and getting paid for it. And she seemed to always have fun. She was super emotional tonight. And again, it's true. I know we'll see her probably in some other realm of combat sports or for another MMA promotion. But let's I'm gonna give a little clap, a little clap for what she did, what she's done so far. And if this is the last we see of her, happy trails to uh to Betch Gohea. Well, we'll probably talk about it a little more and on to the next one. Our new on to the next one segment. Even after uh even after she missed weight, AK, I didn't think she'd get this, no. this send-off from you. Wait, wait, Schmate. Wait, Schmate. Oh. This is true. Yeah, I'll be that. honest. That that was gonna be I mean, <laughs> that was you know, we we you know I, I covered the, the, the weigh-ins. That was my headline for the weigh-ins at first was oh Betch Gohea misses weight for a retirement fight. You know, it's a great headline to get people to read read the post. Uh and then all the stuff with Aspen Ladd happened and just like almost completely forgot that the Betch Gohea mm-hmm. Uh, weight mishappened at all. So, so AK takes back everything you said because she missed weight. Uh, Selecki disappointed me against the Flash. Maybe I thought too highly for him. I wouldn't J- say he was disappointing. Jared was Gordon's a- good. Yeah. J- Jared's a gamer, man. He is gritty as hell. And getting out of the- not many people get out of those positions with Joe Selecki. When he has your back like that, it's usually a wrap. And that might have been the first time in a long time that Joe had to experience that. And Joe's still very young. And he's getting better. So this is probably a really good thing for him to fight a guy like Jared. I thought that this was terrific matchmaking. Both guys needed the test of one another. Jared gets over it. And then Jared uses his mic time perfectly. He calls out Patty Pimblett. Mm. Love it. I think Excellent. that's a great call on his part. And I think that's a fight he could probably get. But I got to be honest, man. If I'm Patty Pimblett, I ain't taking that fight. I am not fighting Jared Gordon if I'm him. But... That's just my opinion. <laughs> uh, but yeah, l- uh, yeah. Th- again, we always try to emphasize the positive more than the negative. So uh, I wouldn't be disappointed in Selecki. He, he, he. I think, pretty clearly won the first round. Um, and I-, I know he beat Jim Miller last time. So it's kind of like, oh, he already beat a really experienced guy, uh, someone more experienced than Jared Gordon. So, you know, why, you know, uh, was this a letdown? It's like, no, it's like, look, when you once you get this level and you're fighting veteran guys, they're going to be tough fights. Jared Gordon is tough. I'm not saying Jared Gordon's a world beater or like a, again, even like a top, I don't know if I have him in my top 20, but uh, as you mentioned, Mike, Joe Selecki is still developing. This was his fourth UFC fight, just his 14th pro bout. Um, and, and Jared Gordon has a, a bit more experience and that experience matters. And that's why this was a, a competitive fight uh, that uh, Jared Gordon pulled up. But I don't think that says anything poorly about Joe Selecki's skills or his future at all. Yeah. Joe's good fight. They're both CFFC alum, so very interesting matchup. I hate like throwing this type of question <laughs> out there, but I think it is worth discussing. Was this the most I'm not gonna say boring. Was this the most lackluster main event of, of the year, at least to your memory, AK? Uh, disappointing was probably a stronger word. Uh, again, I'm, you know, people know my memory is terrible. I can't remember. I, I don't, I can't remember fights that happened yesterday. Uh, I can't remember fights that happened four hours ago, but, um, no, I don't know. It, it, nothing's really coming to mind. I guess, uh, I, I'm going to look at the comments. I'll, guys, I'm going to rip off your ideas. If you want to throw some comments out there, um, about which fights were more boring, but definitely disappointing. I think, I think uh, people were either hoping for a highlight reel knockout either way, or again, even myself, like I said, I thought it would go the distance, but thought it would be, thought it would be way more that way more would happen. Um, I thought there was a good style matchup, but maybe there was too much respect, or maybe, as I said, Tiago Santos is just really difficult puzzle to solve, and clearly Johnny Walker just doesn't have that uh, that arsenal uh, yet, if ever. Uh, so I'll go disappointing. The most boring, again, like I said, I'd have to I'd have to think back to, to some of the other events that have gone down, but it's, yeah, we we were expecting a lot. What about Gon versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike? 
That was pretty bad. But I think it was less disappointing. I I, I think a, I'm, I know a lot of people ahead of that were saying like this could be boring. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a lot of people said it could be boring. If it, like if it doesn't get finished in the first round, it's like, or, or or even if it does get finished, it'll be like a boring fight up until someone catches someone with a shot and like knocks them out. And uh, and unfortunately that that that, uh, that uh, knockout shot never came. But um, yeah, I definitely see the gone uh, <laughs> gone Rosenstruck uh, thought there. Yeah, that was that was a bad one. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Nothing else is really like. And I don't see guys. That's probably the, the most disappointing. Bad main events, guys. Throw them out there. Let us let us steal your ideas. Canada um, Gaslam was good. Brunson Till was good. Mm. I mean, they they're all fine. That was yeah. That might have been. Uh, Tristan Gordet wants to know our pal Tristan Gordet, who by the way we'll be talking about more in our on onto the next one tomorrow. Our pal Tristan Gordet was here. Dan Malarkey on the cusp of being in the God, he's still here. Tristan, we're glad to have you. <laughs> Is Jane Malarkey on the cusp of being in the top of Dean? How many more fights does he need? Uh, how has our boy Jane been doing? I mean, he's I mean, two and one. Two and one so far in the UFC with wins over Kama Worthy and oh, two and two now. Uh, Kama Worthy and Devonte Smith. So two fit. So he went up against two finishers. Uh, took their best. Well, I mean, Kama Worthy he just smoked, but uh, Devonte Smith took his best. Came back. He's definitely not near the top. I, I think you guys got to remember how deep uh, is lightweight, right? It's fifty-five. Yeah. Yeah, the guys, lightweight is so deep. It's real. Like I said, I said Jared Gordon's been around way longer than him uh, and has some big wins. Joe Selecki was was three and zero with a win over Jim Miller before uh, tonight. And I and neither guy I think I wouldn't have had a guy in my my top thirty. So and that's again that's just how many good fighters there still are. Um, some people might disagree. Some people might shake up their rankings a little more aggressively than I would. Um, but I wouldn't. So is he on the cusp? No. Again, probably like I said, probably somewhere in the top thirty. Um, I don't know, Mike. What do you think? Actually, let me drop my rankings here and give him an even more direct answer. What do you think, Mike? I'd say 35, 36-ish, probably with that win. Um, I mean, just look at the guys at 55 right now. Uh, Izaitar just won three in a row. Uh, Selecki was there. Marco Madsen's there. Uh, I, I don't think he's above, like, Holt. I mean, he's probably maybe near Holtzman now. Bobby yeah. Green, Tiago Santos. Moises. Yeah. Vince Pichel, like Grant Dawson's not ranked. Mm-hmm. I think Grant Dawson is better than a lot of these guys. Uh, Ricky Glenn, I mean, Vince Pichel is not even ranked, and that dude's a monster. Uh, Kutatzalatze, Hernandez, Moises, uh, Ismagulov, Faziv. Like, I mean, 55's your donk. It's ridiculous. It's got to be a while. He probably needs like two to three more wins easy. Nasrat oh, yeah. is, is the 55 still. Yeah. Th- yeah. This isn't going to move him much in mind. I've got, Mal- I've got Malarkey right now at like 51. And before people say that sounds crazy. Like, I mean, would you put him above, I don't know, Faris Zium, uh, Claudio Pueyes, uh, Demir Hadzovic. There's just like, Joel Alvarez. And again, all the guys you just named. So once Mike you start Davis. writing down, all- yeah, Mike, D- once you start writing down all the names, you realize like how crazy guys who've been around longer, John McDessey, um, would you put him above like Clay Guida? I don't know. Props. So most people probably would, but I still keep a lot of these guys, kind of these older guys up there. Jim Miller, I still keep up there. So again, it really depends how aggressive you are with moving the younger guys up. But even if you're the most aggressive, I think it's Mike, we're, we're around your spot. You said maybe, maybe somewhere around 35, right? Yeah, 35, yeah. 36. And that's that's probably, that's probably good. But let me tell you, he's going to be fun to watch for a long time. Malarkey, Jay Malarkey is appointment viewing. If he never becomes a top 15 guy, 
who gives a crap because <laughs> that dude you match him up with like anybody at 55 oh man you're gonna get an exciting fight malarkey's so much fun next for hernandez let's know in the next one but i feel like oh, he's one. got the right idea oh yeah just run it back uh, so run back the original rebooking with leonardo santos I think Walker's gotten worse since going to SPG. People seem to think so. People seem to think so. Uh, what else we got? I don't know. A lot of, a lot of the same questions. No malarkey. I, I was gonna say. I think. <laughs> I, just, I think we've covered all the bases here. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about the. This feels so long ago now compared to the Holland Dawkins controversy. The Stephanie Egger finish. I didn't think it was the worst thing. The Stephanie Egger stoppage. Uh, Shannon, Shannon Young. No, I don't have an issue with it. No, I like I said, Weird, I think Mark Smith's a pretty good. Yeah, I think Mark Smith's a pretty good uh, referee. I do think it was definitely early. I will say, definitely early, which doesn't mean terrible, but early means early, and I think it was the textbook definition of early. I think, <laughs> I, this sounds cruel. I think Shanna Young could have taken a few more shots before getting waved off. Did she need to? Maybe not. Maybe we'd all seen enough. Um, I don't know if she was getting really getting out of that position, but she did look like she was fighting back. So. I, I, you know, I think that one could have gone on, but uh, clearly not the controversy of the night after what happened in the uh, in the Colmate event. Someone's saying I, sk I skipped their question. Spam it, spam it. Tell me what it is. Yeah, I told you. With this Don't system, just, sometimes like saying we skipped it again. Saying we skipped your question isn't helping you. Just spam it. <laughs> yeah, throw it back up there. It's not, we're not going to go back up and look for it. Um, I'll keep an eye. Go ahead. I'll keep an eye out for this. Uh, if you, I'm just throwing review. everything up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw it up. Throw it all up there. Within within reason. All his power is pretty much gone in the championship rounds. It's funny because if we were talking about Chavkat Rachmanov, who's only had two fights, deserves to fight a top 15 guy. I just think that's pretty funny. Oh, that's different. He beat he beat Oliveira, who's way higher ranked than like a Devonte Smith. Way higher ranked than Devonte Smith. Yeah. And finished him and destroyed him. And this uh, is that. That was a welterweight, right? Yeah, that's yeah, look, yeah, exactly. Look at who they've beaten, guys. Welterweight's it's, not it's, as deep as fifty-five is. Yeah, fifty-five. That's, is way oh, that's right. We're not even talking about the same weight class. Yeah, yeah fifty-five is extra, way deeper than welterweight. Welterweight's very top-heavy, and it's very interesting up there. <laughs> uh, like, lightweight and bantamweight, super duper deep. Anonymous dude, one two three is like, can I spam my question? Yes, you can spam your question, but his question is UFC two sixty-seven and two sixty-eight. Rose Namaj, he just listed the fights from those cards. I don't see a question. Is there a question in there? <laughs> Guys, there guys, there has to be a question. <laughs> you can't just say don't skip this question and then just, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Jones, Diaz, like zombie, fun to watch him fight. Oh, Strickland, yeah. Uh, all right. Finesse. Anything else? Anything else? All right. Finesse I'm going to the bottom Flair. for the spammers. Let's get well, some Vanessa Flair is asking. Oh, where'd that question go? Did it delete their question? Oh, thank you. Is Yuri versus Rakic the number one? Well, I mean, again, ideally, Yuri is just a. Well. Well, I, shouldn't say, I shouldn't say ideally we don't want i'm sorry i know that was the wrong thing to say we don't want the fight to fall through of course we want to see glover to and jan blahovitz fight one another so um i think ideally what i mean is yuri gets paid win and show money for even taking that and then ends up um in a number one contender fight no yuri <sighs> should fight the winner yuri's yuri's in a whoa uh, whoa i don't know if i agree with that what do you mean i don't know i am not i i am not on the yuri uh Frohachka, big tuna uh bandwagon that all the rest of my fighting is on why? Why? He's two and zero. Was he? Was he two and zero? Yeah, but look who he beat. Plus, like, plus, I guess, plus, I guess he's on a what, eighteen fight win streak or something. <laughs> I, and, and okay. By the way, in fairness, you're right. I shouldn't discount the the work he's done before the UFC. He is on like a eighteen, a 13, 14 fight win streak or something, and it's like twelve finishes. So, okay, my reaction may have been a little uh, rash, but I have no problem with him making him fight again, as long as as long as he gets paid for this a uh, win and show for this uh, reserve spot. Because 
this fight between Bohovich and Teixeira was supposed to happen when? Over the summer, right? And then there's a COVID thing? Mm-hmm. Or is that... Oh, no. Nope, I'm wrong. Or maybe it was booked before. I don't remember. But it took a while to book this fight. And we can't blame Yuri Prohashka for that. And, yeah, he's next, I think. I mean, if he wants to take another fight, he can. But I don't think he needs to. That's just my opinion. We'll see. He'll probably end up taking another fight. People, people are saying, why don't I like Yuri? I, I love Yuri. Yuri's great. I just like to see people do a little more. But again, that's very UFC-centric. It's true. If you just look at his overall resume, he's more than worthy of uh, fighting for UFC title. Do you think UFC winning 45 and 35 would be solved if they just combined them and made a 140 division? It's just not going to happen, man. No. And and, I, and I, honestly, I do think you can make a functional 145. Even though I've been one of the biggest critics of women's 145 for the longest time, um, I do think it's not as easy as people... Excuse me. I do think it's not as easy as people think to just populate a 145 division. Because um, if anyone has seen 145 fights in like companies outside of Bellator and outside of uh, UFC, they're they're pretty rough. There's just the problem is it's in that uh, that area where if you're if you're in that size range, uh, 145, 155, and you're a coordinated and athletic person, there's probably other sports that you gravitated towards as opposed to fighting. Um, again, there's exceptions. Kayla Harrison, obviously, Gabby Garcia, uh, Chris Cyborg, you know. So there's, there is exception, but they're they're exceptional people for a reason. They are, and then why they are so dominant in their sport is because they they chose MMA despite having these physical gifts. Most women with their physical gifts do end up playing other sports. Um, so 145, unfortunately, is right in that range where if you're close to that, you're probably not um, pursuing MMA. But it is possible. It is possible if people are willing to accept some of the growing pains, like we saw, and frankly, like we saw early on with 125. Um, 125, the first, I remember the first couple of years, people did not want to watch women's 125ers at all. It didn't come out hot. Like 115 came out hot. 135 came out hot. 125, a lot of people were like, what? Like they just didn't care for it. So it takes time to build these things. 145, a lot more difficult to build than 125. But if someone like Aspen Ladd moves up, if uh, Macy Chasson decided she wanted to also fight up there, though she can certainly comfortably fight at 135. It can be done, but it would require a migration of 135ers up. In you're to, you're forgetting uh, a very important name here, AK. Mm-hmm. Because October 28th is going to be a very important date. A very because important date. Someone will be a free a agent. Very impo- there's a, a very agent. big free agent. And <laughs> after, after she's done winning another million dollars. I think I think the future <laughs> of that division depends on October 28th. Sure. sure. Uh, so Kayla Harrison, and by the way, for everyone who didn't know, she made 146 for fighting Invicta. So she has made the featherweight mark before. Uh, I assume she could make 145. I'm certain she wouldn't enjoy it, but she probably can. So that I absolutely that is uh 145, I do not think is 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 about to die. So I hope that is a possibility for Aspen Ladd if she can't sort things out at 135. Shout out to Jimmy West for uh quoting kindergarten cop. <laughs> it's a great question. Uh I think Mike, I think we gotta I think we're done. I think we're done. You guys ask great questions. There's All so the, many. Guys, yeah, so Oof. many great questions, but they're, they're not done with us, Mike. They're not done with you and I. No, you got plenty of us. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> Don't you worry. Uh, AK and I will be back tomorrow for all you matchmaking fans out there. I see all the matchmaking questions. Uh, that's basically what we're going to do. That's basically what we're going to do. So if you want your matchmaking question answered on, on to the next one, you can either DM AK on Twitter or Instagram. You can DM me on Instagram. Uh, and those are the best two ways to get it done. My DMs are open, baby. 
Slide so, right in. You don't even have to follow me. If you want to follow me, awesome. You don't even have to follow me. My DMs are open to all the freaks and geeks of the MMA world. So please. <laughs> right there. Please. Hit up right me there. The you see it. You see the, the where to fall right there. Alexander Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it. I'm just going to look it. real quick. Oh, hold on. Oh, I just I wanted to pull that one up. Let's do it. Let's do it. Pull it up. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Ah, someone hear Dana White's reaction to the main event. But yeah. Oh, there's one question. Blake A is asking our Ola, I think this I assume this is a troll question. Are Oliveira and Shevchenko still in the UFC strictly because their siblings are champions? Uh I hope you're not saying that Charles Oliveira is Alex Oliveira's brother. They are <laughs> not related. I'm I'm assuming this is a joke. So Blake A, bravo. He's joking. Uh, bravo for the trolling gag. Uh I'll throw that up there. Why? Oh, why yeah. am I throwing this up there? Because it's a falling down sure. uh, picture with Michael Douglas. I might not be in the preview. I might not be in the post fight show next weekend. So who knows? Um, Do you think Mackenzie Dern should get a title shot if, if if she beats Rodriguez? I'm going to make this very simple. Absolutely not, because Carla Sparza is next in line, and if she's not next in line, it is a a travesty, a travesty of epic proportions. Uh, wait. This is. Oh, this is 115. I'm sorry. For some reason, I was thinking 125. Yeah, no. No, God, no. Not over Carlos Barza. So, yes, that, that, that Mike, you, you answered the question perfect. The fast food burger scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking prices. The Diet Coke scene, the soda scene in Falling Down is tremendous. It's unbelievable. Go back to just YouTube that scene. 50 cents. He's pushing prices back to 1966 or whatever, whatever <laughs> year it was. Great movie. Uh, all right, we're done. I think we've right. talked about this enough. Godspeed, everybody. Thank you for watching. It's 1045. You have the rest of the night ahead of you. To I'm going to go other out. Things. I'm going to go to the club. Ghost is saying don't go. We got to go. We got to go. Listen, Bye, tomorrow, on to the next one. For AK, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.